0: Hey everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of F and APM podcast. I'm Shorya, and I am really excited for today's episode. I have Deekshid on. Teekshit is uh, a product ma- like he got his product management offer very recently. The goal with my podcast was to talk to PMs who uh, try like who broke in recently, and I-, I honestly don't know someone who broke into the field as recently as Deekshid. Dikshit and I uh, met on LinkedIn, and we've just been in touch. So I'm so excited to talk to him today, and you know, share some of his insights with you. So, hey, Dikshit, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking out time.
1: Hey, Shaurya I'm super excited to be here, and thanks so much for doing this. I think there's so many aspiring product managers who are actually who actually don't know what to do, and I think this podcast is gonna really help them. So yeah, I'm super excited to be here.
0: Amazing dude, amazing! Thanks for taking out time again. So yeah, let's just dive straight in, right? So, uh, if you want to just introduce yourself, just tell a little, uh, like tell people a little bit about your background. I think that would be a good segue to just
1: starting it sure. off. Sure. Yeah, I can start with that. So I am an engineering. I am an engineer, basically. Uh, did my undergrad in twenty nineteen in electronics and communications engineering back in Bangalore. Post that, I worked for a couple of years as a firmware developer at Cypress Semiconductors there i realized that the semiconductor space is very slow uh, each project takes about like eight to nine months uh, you need to wait a lot of time to see the impact of work that you're doing that's when i realized hey i want to do a masters and i think when i think about masters i'm like should i do ms in cs or ms in ec versus uh, i really liked you know the business part of things as well so i was mm-hmm. like what about those and then i was thinking about mba and initially I was like, Hey, I think I should do MS plus MBA to do degrees and stuff like that. But I'm like, okay, that's not feasible. I have to, uh, you know, study for like four years and I don't have that much amount of cash. That's when I was, uh, looked at the alternative courses, like MEM, MIS and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I started reading about MEM programs and it was very interesting and I think I was going through the Duke website and uh, one specific line uh, resonated with me. It said, this is a program for engineers who want to understand the business side of things and be in technology. And that's when I realized, oh, this is what an MEM is and that's what I want to do. And one of my uh, uh, schoolmates uh, actually did MEM. And I spoke to him and he gave me like the full details and how it's good, what's bad. And that's when I realized I want to do MEM. Uh, so that that was the uh, phase of where I, I knew I wanted to do a master's and I was looking at what are the job opportunities after an M. E. M. so it was like consulting, right. analytics, product and stuff like that and that's when I read oh like what is a product manager because in a semiconductor company there were no product managers so there were only project managers and then right. I saw what a product manager did, read about product management and, and I saw that oh this is very interesting. So, that's how I got introduced to the world of product management.
0: Got it, got it. Amazing. So, in terms of like when you applied for Duke, that's the time you start thinking about which other roles you could get once you graduate. And then from the point that you were like you landed here and you were you, start, you started your studies at Duke, you like did you know that product management is the only thing you want to target or were you keeping your options open? How did that work out?
1: Uh, so uh, to be really honest, I I knew that I wanted to be a product manager because what happened was after I got my Duke admit, mm-hmm. I left uh, I left my uh, uh, job at Cypress and had like about two months before I came to Duke, okay. and I. Like I thought I'm just going to take a break uh, and just chill for some time because uh, I've never gotten a break even after undergrad because mm-hmm. I would internship and then directly uh, uh, you know start my full time. But then one week into my break I-, I felt really bored. I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> so then I'm like, why don't I do an internship in product management because uh, I-, I was really interested in this but I had no clue if anyone would give me a Anyone would give me a, a role in a, a internship for two months in the role of product management, mm-hmm. but luckily enough, uh, a startup called Paper Flight took a chance chance on me because they were also growing. They wanted to know how would a product manager would fit into their company, and okay. it was like the perfect fit. I worked as a product manager there for two months. I realized like all the all the things that I read and watched, I saw it in real life and that's when I realized, oh, this is very interesting and I think this is what I want to do. So uh, when I came into Duke, I w- I came in with a set mind that, hey, I want to do product management. But I after coming into Duke, I realized, oh, product management is not that simple. There are like multiple fields within product management. That's what I got to realize at Duke.
0: Corin, Correct, and uh, I, I think that highlights such an important point, right? Because I think when, pe- like, from the discovery point, when people feel that okay, product management is something that. Sounds cool, looks cool, uh, the more we read about it, it looks interesting to the point where you actually do get your first break or like do an internship. I think that's a good validation time for whether because it's not an easy job by any means, right? There's so much going on. Uh, So it's good to get that validation phase and like that clarity uh, before you were actually here. So, you know, you can have that focus and then just, you know, uh, focus on how do you get your first break into product management in the U.S. Uh, so, the, like, having that experience, I think, was great. So, okay, you're uh, you're at Duke right now. Uh, you know that product management is something you uh, want to do and what was the next step? Like, and I believe like you did two product management internships while you were at Duke, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yes. Got it. So, in terms of just Going about your first internship, you obviously had some good experience back in India. Having an engineering degree, I think, like, plays a big role as well. But in terms of coming here and getting your first product management internship, what was that process like for you?
1: Uh, so I think uh, getting that PM experience before coming to Duke was a good validation. And I think people need to find some kind of experience just to see if product management is a good career for them. Because I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of people who don't want to do coding or engineering work and they're like, hey, I'll do product management because you know, I get to just talk to people and just say what uh, what needs to be done and they do it. So it's more than that. That's why they get paid so much money too. So I think they need to think about uh, they need to get an experience to see if they actually like it. And with respect to uh, the internships. So the first one that I did at Duke was actually I just helped out a startup Okay. Uh, uh, so this startup called Hula, which was a social based app out of New York and uh, I just went on AngelList and I just mm-hmm. was checking for internships and there were a lot of unpaid internships by startups because they couldn't mm-hmm. pay and they're very small and I just right. reached out to one of them which, because it sounded really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a social app so I wanted to see how uh, B2C apps work and how product management comes into play there. So mm-hmm. I reached out to them, I just had a call with them, uh, I think with the founder and uh, one of their other product managers and they asked me a question of how to improve their uh, the checkout experience as well as ticketing experience, Okay. so basically it was a informal product design interview question, mm-hmm. so uh, there were no like frameworks and stuff, so at that call uh, it was uh, really fun talking to them and they came back to me saying that you know they'd like to have me. So I just did it for like three months, I think from December to March, but -hmm. that was a really uh, great experience because I got to collaborate with people who I didn't know and was remote. So Mm -hmm. I had to set up that connection with engineers as well as designers. So that was a really great learning experience
0: got it got it and I, I i think like that's helpful for people to know because you know when it comes to internships i know there are like multiple schools of thought and one is that unpaid like there shouldn't be unpaid internships and you know uh at least if startups cannot afford to pay people they should at least give them minimum wage but like i can definitely see the value and like obviously learning from your story but like in general just see the value for people who like students who really just want to learn i think that could be a good experience uh and like And, and, you know, you cannot really say that this is what people should do, but like that's definitely an option that people should not completely eliminate because sometimes those small learning experiences like working at a startup can really be stepping stones into uh, getting other roles, getting that experience so that you have something uh, tangible to talk about, you have that because a lot of uh, catch-22 that people fall into is like how do you get your first product without having product experience, right? So I think volunteering at a startup, doing an unpaid internship at a startup or like just building your own side project, I think these are a couple of really nice ways to, you know, uh, get the ball rolling. So uh, that's
1: something, yeah. Exactly. And I think one more thing, when I've I've spoken to a lot of PMs, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, when I've networked with them, one of the main things they say is, what people look at for product managers is that drive and Mm -hmm. like bias for action Mm -hmm. and they can clearly see that in your resume right like say if the last experience that you showcase is your work from like eight months ago that Mm -hmm. means you've not done that much work in like the past eight months like say you worked and uh you're studying right now Mm -hmm. Uh, you either have to showcase some projects or showcase something that shows them that hey from an engineer you've been transitioning, you've been doing projects to showcase that you're learning the business aspects as well. So I think that's something people miss and uh, people should focus on getting varied experiences to build a product uh, mindset.
0: Right. That's a great point. And actually, that's something like it's great to think about it from that point of view, because uh, I've never thought about it from uh, just a lens of, you know, because having a bias for action that now that I've been a product manager for a couple of months, I can see why that's such a big asset and that's required for PMs. So, uh, you know, if you can, if aspiring PMs can like showcase that they've constantly involved themselves in it, and it does not have to be just building products, it can be other, other activities, like for example, doing your podcast and I know that you uh, run your own podcast as well. So that's something that, you know, I wanted to talk about as well. Like, uh, in terms of just getting into product management or, uh, you know, it can be because product management is like an umbrella term for so many different things, right? Like communication is obviously like a big part of it. You need to, uh, be com- comfortable to speak to multiple people, multiple cool. stakeholders. Uh, so do you think like that added some value, uh, in terms of just having a profile or like just building up your, uh, like resume, do you think that, that added to some account to something
1: yeah i i would definitely say yes uh, i'd put it in two terms one in mm-hmm. terms of like the personal growth i've had mm-hmm. like doing a podcast like has really helped me to structure my thoughts uh, you know be in the moment and listen to the other person carefully mm-hmm. and that's like really essential for a product manager as well and the second thing is uh, it builds that online presence as well right Uh, so funnily enough during my summer internship uh, Mm -hmm. I I was working remote and uh, I had a lot of time like after work and I I just started uh, you know reading a lot about like business and tech and trying Mm -hmm. to post things on LinkedIn relating both of them Mm -hmm. and every uh, a product weekly meeting in my company my director would point that out and we tell everyone in my team to just go check it out that we were like 20 pms in the company Mm -hmm. and every time every week i would get so embarrassed uh (laughs) and when he says that hey you should go check out because it's amazing i'm like damn like i did not imagine uh him to do that and he's like Recently, even when I spoke to him, is was like, how's that LinkedIn thing of yours going where, you, you know, you, you were posting. I'm like, I had to stop it because of job search and he didn't have an answer. But uh, yeah, like I think uh, podcast, uh, doing side projects, it really helps because one side you get that personal growth. And mm-hmm. the second one, it gives you stories to talk about with people mm-hmm. because you get those experiences, right? So I think it's uh, definitely been helpful for me
0: right no uh, like that's so much to unpack there and I I think like I can relate to a little bit of what you're saying as well because when I started writing content on LinkedIn the the goal was just to have more visibility and somehow that magically helping me get a job quicker like that was just the naive goal that I started off with but the more I started writing about like product management stuff uh, I I realized that content acts as a magnet to attract like-minded people so you know Like very organically, I could find other aspiring PMs and like, you know, someone to have, uh, like someone to do mock interviews with, someone to just share off uh, like other PM resources with that. Hey, this is a good book and this is a good article that you should check out. So putting yourself out there, talking about the things that really interest you, like it does not only have tangible effects in terms of having more visibility and you getting more uh, notice like noticed by recruiters or other hiring managers but it also just helps you learn more and like uh, you know meet like minded people so there's really no di- downside in putting yourself out there and uh, and of course at the end of the day that showcases bias for action which is something that you're going to need in your job if you're uh, uh, when you break into product management so the so I, i'm glad that we talked about this for short sure. so exactly. it, it, in terms of you know getting your second pm internship right how was that search like so first one you mentioned that you know you were at angel list and you applied through there that led like, to an interview and that's how you got it uh how was the second process like how much was it networking how was it whole application what was that like
1: yeah uh, so the first one i'd say uh, is not uh hu- it was not a huge concerted effort mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. uh went uh you know ahead i'm like hey i'm paid internship i'll just apply and see just to get that experience it nice. was uh uh there was no uh I wasn't scared about that but about the second internship it was my summer internship at Life360 uh and when I started my Duke journey I called up my friend who already mm-hmm. graduated Duke and is a product manager I'm like hey buddy uh I need to be a PM tell me how <laughs> and he was like it's not a easy task you need to put in a lot of effort uh he uh, uh he made me come into a state of mind where he said where I made sure that I put in a lot of effort to get the job I need okay. because he said like PM is one of the most competitive roles because anyone can apply. There's, you don't mm-hmm. need a CS degree, you don't need any particular degree yep. and undergrads can apply, master students can apply and MBA folks can apply. So there's so many people and you don't have that much work experience because generally PMs need like 5 years of work experience. So when he said that I'm like okay that makes sense and I need to put in a lot of effort and I started my journey very early in respect to uh, cold applications I think Mm -hmm. uh, I joined end of August uh, at Duke and Mm -hmm. uh, from September 15th I started applying I think Google was my first application Google's Mm APM internship Mm -hmm. obviously I got rejected but yes uh, I, I started applying there and that's where I started building habit of applying every day. But okay. throughout my fall semester I'd say I got like two interviews mm-hmm. uh, uh, from good companies, SiriusXM and uh, Comcast but I okay. did not pass through and I'm like I called up my friend again I'm like I'm applying to so many companies I got these many calls but I'm, uh, but I'm not doing that well but mm-hmm. uh, he gave me a good metric to measure uh, in a cold application to interview rate he said like for if you have a good resume for every 60 cold applications you put you'll at least get one call And if it's Mm -hmm. a great resume for every 30 applications you put, you'll get one call. And that was a good metric for me. I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I don't know if it is true, but at least it gave me a sense of relief. Like, oh, like this is fine. But uh, I think December was the worst for me. I I just thought like, what is going on? I have like one more semester. I'm putting in so much effort. It's Mm -hmm. not going anywhere. I remember calling up my parents saying that I really want to do a PM job. So, if I don't get an internship and come back to India and be an intern there and then uh, come back to school here, they were like, okay, like whatever uh, you think is the right thing. But I think january is where all my efforts paid off because from i think second to third week of jan i got a lot of calls i got like mm-hmm. six to eight interview calls from really oh, good wow. companies mm-hmm. and uh, that's when i think in feb uh february first to second week i converted my internship uh, converted into an internship at Life 360.
0: Got it, got it Uh, and, and you know, I I think like after talking to so many people about like breaking into PM and like like from my experience as well, like I, I see that there is like a tipping point where you feel like you know you're putting in a lot of effort and you're not seeing uh results, but then once you hit that tipping point, right, within a week you get multiple yeah. interviews. Within like you know you'll be applying for jobs for six months and then within and like, interviewing for six months and then within a span of like a cup a couple of weeks you'll get multiple offers. I think like that's like a recurring theme that I keep. I uh, yes. see so so in terms of you know getting those interviews uh like was it just cold applications on different job boards or was it a mix of uh networking reaching out to people uh like if you want to break it down I think that
1: would shed sure.
0: a lot of light on just how the process works
1: yeah for sure so as I said I think mm-hmm. all the knowledge I've got is is from my friend like with respect to applications so he said you know you can't rely on one thing and you mm-hmm. need to do uh multiple things yep. so he, as everyone says like you need to call apply plus network i started doing that mm-hmm. and i'm like hey uh i'm applying uh say like 10 companies a day 20 companies a day uh, based on the number of uh, job postings that are there i'm reaching out to a lot of my seniors uh, for advice and see if there are internship opportunities there but i think for me majorly during my internship period i mm-hmm got most of my calls from cold applications mm-hmm. and and i think in terms of networking i didn't have a clear set of questions or framework to ask them like i didn't okay. know what exactly do i speak to them about like i've like i've asked them advice i kind of know mm-hmm. how to prepare for product management and and one thing I realized for all of them is like I've spoken to like say 50 to 60 people over mm-hmm. uh, like that whole period mm-hmm. and everyone had a different journey so mm-hmm. like no one could, could pinpoint saying that this is the strategic framework that helped me get into get a job or an interview and that's where I realized like you need to do a mix of both and mm-hmm. do it consistently and one of them will pay it off and uh, to specifically come into my internship, how I got uh, interviews, uh, I think like 90% of them were from cold applications, mm-hmm. and I think 10% was from cold emails. So okay. what, I, what I used to do was like, say I, uh, I have a job, uh, sorry, uh, I see a job posting for this company that is looking okay. for an intern,
0: mm-hmm. go to that
1: company page, see who their product directors are. Mm-hmm. And try to find their email and just email them saying that hey, I really love your company, and here are three of my experiences that would uh, you know suit well into uh, your intern that you're looking for, mm-hmm. and uh, that was I think really impactful because there were so many people who actually responded back, and mm-hmm. some of them said that hey, we fill the position, but you know we'd love to you know stay in contact and uh, stay in touch. And uh, some people actually replied back saying I would pass this on to the hiring manager, which right. is great. So I think uh, cold emailing was like a really good strategy that I applied.
0: Right. Uh, th- that's great because cold emailing is something I think which is like people don't talk about it that much. It It's either like you apply cold I like either you do cold applications or you try to get your network your way into finding the hiring manager. So I think cold emailing is like somewhere in the middle. Uh, so, how did you go about trying to identify uh, the like, okay, you can find product directors and people uh, who work in product on LinkedIn. How did you go about identifying uh, like their email? Like, is there anything tactical that you can share?
1: Yeah. I think a good framework to use here is, so back in my uh, uh, first internship or first experience at Paperfly, it was a B2B SaaS company. So Mm -hmm. there was like a good sales team that was, uh, you know, trying to generate leads. And that's where I I was thinking like, hey, how do they get leads, right? So that's when I started looking into sales tools. And uh, that's when I realized there are these uh, multiple tools called uh, hunter.io rocketreach.com where you just uh type in their name and uh you get their email ids and most of the times all companies have these uh, structured email ids it's like first name dot last name at company.com or just the first name at company.com so i used to like you know try multiple iterations based on my interest on that company mm-hmm. and that's how i would find their email ids and the second one how do you know if you're emailing the right person? So mm-hmm. what I would do is like when you go through the job description, generally they talk about the team they're hiring for. If it's not the mm-hmm. big tech, if it's like companies that's hiring for a specific team, they talk mm-hmm. about the team. So go and search for the product director uh, that, that is there in that particular team, or uh, or the senior manager or manager in that particular team, and uh, find like make a list of like five to ten names and uh, send that email to them. And hopefully one or two will respond. Uh, and if it, a resume really matches what they're looking for, they would definitely mm-hmm. call you back. Because if they get a if if they get a person that is the right fit, why would they say no? Because you've sent them a call email. So yeah, I'd say that mm-hmm. is a, I, I'd say uh, thinking of it in a sales perspective, sales mm-hmm. framework, like how do you generate leads? Uh, and trying to use their tools is actually is has been really helpful.
0: That that's great, and you know that sounds like such a unique. I I like simplistic approach, but like I'm sure ninety nine percent of the people like would not do it, and and uh, like goes back to what what you said is if you feel that you are someone who can add some unique value to what they are like what a company is looking for, and if you uh, put the effort to reach out to them via email, like why wouldn't they uh, like get back to you, right? And sometimes even if they fill those roles, more uh, some people will just get back to you saying that okay that role has been filled and you know in like worst case scenario you can just be in touch with them and that's like someone else that you know and you uh can count on uh for later uh so there's really no downside to trying it as well and thinking of it as a lead generation uh mechanism so
1: th- exactly. that's great amazing and so yeah another so, thing i want to say is uh, one more main mistake i did during my fall semester was the uh, my focus was more on preparation because coming from India, uh, we all had campus placements, mm-hmm. and uh, we did not have to worry about company uh, about uh, getting interviews. We had to mm-hmm. pre- uh, uh, worry about you know cracking Clearly. the interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. so that's the mindset I came here with. I am like, if I apply, companies are gonna reach out to me. Why would they not do it? I am a good candidate, and, but then I uh, but then the pro- the system in the US is very different. It, it's not like college specific you know it's a general pool of applications so you need to get your resume uh, right in the front so I think that was one mistake where I spent 80 percent of my time preparing and 20 percent you know uh, trying to apply but uh, the what shifted during my full-time search was I did the reverse I I put in 80 percent of my time and applying and networking and getting uh, calls and uh, that really helped so I can talk about the full-time search later. But yeah, I think that's one thing people need to think about too.
0: Got it. And, and you know, uh, that that's a, such, such a great call out there because, you know, getting an interview and clearing them are obviously two very different skills, equally important because you can't have one or the other. You need to do uh, both to get yep. an offer. And uh, uh, yeah, so so like focusing more on like if... Uh, if you're getting more interviews, but you're not able to clear them versus, you know, that your preparation might be good, but you're just not getting enough in enough interviews, like these two situations would need completely different sort of action items on like things that you focus on. So that that's uh, a great call out there. Uh, one thing that I did want to ask is: so you mentioned that ninety percent of your interviews were through cold applications. So where were you applying? Like, was it just a couple of job boards, or uh, did you just used to go to companies' website and apply? Like, where exactly were you applying uh,
1: on? Uh, it's majorly LinkedIn. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there were other platforms that people suggested, like Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forgot the other one. Handshake, the, com- uh, the university's uh, hiring portal. But i think most uh majorly i spent my time on linkedin i think linkedin is more than sufficient to get your calls so yeah
0: got it got it and you know uh, i would just say that these things are so subjective in the sense that so from my personal experience Cold applying on LinkedIn never worked for me. Uh, oh, wow. I never heard of like anything back from LinkedIn. But indeed, an angel list. I am. I, I would, like my ratio from cold applications to getting an interview was pretty high. But like yeah. for LinkedIn, I don't know why it just never worked for me. So mm-hmm. I think the point here is that since different things work for different people, oh. unless you try out a bunch of things, you don't know what is going to work for you. Yeah. So the the goal is just to. Talk to people to see what might work and then try it out to see if that does work for you and then sort of doubling down on things that uh do work for you so
1: definitely i agree with that yeah yeah
0: thanks for sharing that uh just moving on to i think the next part would be uh and you know i did want to talk to you about is how do you take care of your mental health in terms of you know applying through so so many interviews just because Sometimes it just feels like when and when you're applying uh, poorly, it just feels like, you know, your application is falling on deaf ears. You're not even sure if people are like, like if there are actual humans looking at your resume. So how do you pick yourself up and uh, how do you sort of motivate, self-motivate yourself or like just any thoughts on that? Like, how do you keep yourself going?
1: Yeah, I think uh, when I uh, came into Duke, uh, I was applying and... Uh, I'd say like the first three months, like I was very excited. I'm like, Hey, like I'm transitioning, uh, I'm going to get a good job. So I need to put in the effort so you can push yourself. Mm -hmm. But I think, uh, after my internship, uh, when my company said, Hey, we might not, uh, give you an offer because of the economic conditions, Mm -hmm. we're not sure. Uh, that's when it was really hard. I'm like, I cannot do this all over again. Mm -hmm. And that's when, uh, I decided I don't want to do this alone. Uh, i need to uh, get uh, you know get some support uh, get a group of friends and like had have amazing friends who uh, uh, who been with me during the internship as well and now uh-huh. too and uh, you know doing the work with them and sitting with them and uh, doing the whole process together and sharing uh, what is working with each other i think really helped us and just having that another person with you to go through it and share like whatever both of you are thinking so i think that is the main thing that's really helped me uh and i think when i came into duke i had this mindset mm-hmm. like hey like i have these uh, uh, i have this extra knowledge that my friend has given me uh, specific tips mm-hmm. my friend has given me and if i share that with my other friends uh, what if they get the same interviews as me mm-hmm. and i might mm-hmm. not be able to crack it uh, mm-hmm. There was that one small uh, uh you know conundrum in my mind, but but like as time went on, like what I realized is every resume is different, it's not the mm-hmm. same, mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's no point of doing this like at the end, like like you need to be there for your friends, they are your friends, it's friends over anything else, and that's when I realized, okay, let me tell them also, and let me help them. And funnily enough, we all applied to the same number of jobs because during our internship, we created a WhatsApp group, we used to share Mm -hmm. all job applications and everyone applied to the same jobs and no one got the same interviews. It was around Mm. six to seven people and every day we used to share like 10 to 15 jobs, people would apply, but no one's got the same interview because everyone had different experiences and background. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized like there's no point of like, you know, keeping secrets or you know not talking to your friends about your job search process I'd say like you know find like especially being an immigrant in the US find the set of people that you really trust and Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. uh, 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 care for them and they care for you and that's going to really help you throughout so yeah
0: right yeah thanks for sharing that and I think just like espousing that positive some mentality that you know at the end of the day it feels like it's, it might seem like there are not enough jobs out there, but then there are enough roles out there for everyone. And th- because everyone has their own unique strengths and unique profile resumes, it's uh, everyone is uniquely positioned for like different roles as well. So eventually everyone is going to get there, but just going through that process together with uh, a bunch of people like that, uh, that really uh, helps in terms of knowledge sharing and just having that support group. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. In terms of moving towards, I think the last uh, like part of the podcast and obviously the most important part of the podcast so you've done your internship uh, yeah, your second internship and uh, you, you briefly mentioned that you know you you're you did a good job, your uh, like your team, your manager was really happy with you, but they said that they might not give you the return offer due to the economic conditions. And from that point towards, you know, actually them getting you, like giving you the return offer, what was that process like? And the reason why I think this would be helpful to people is because I've talked to so many people and like, I find that people are in a similar boat. And at that time, how do you deal with it like do you like should you still be hopeful that this might work out Sh- should you fee- should you still be in touch but apply to other roles and like just uh you know in terms of how did you go about uh, getting that return offer once it was uh, told to you that the team likes you everything is positive but we just have to see how it goes
1: for sure yeah uh, i think uh during your internship it's very important to establish transparency mm-hmm. and making sure that uh your manager knows what you really want out of the internship it, uh, because uh, even undergrads come here for internship and they mm-hmm. just want to come here for the experience and go Correct. back to college right so it's very important to mention that hey that you're graduating in december and that you want to uh, pursue a full-time career in pm uh you know starting uh, after your graduation mm-hmm. So setting those expectations with your manager is very very important and I think that is uh, number one and second one I would say was I was very fortunate to be in a company where people were very open and transparent mm-hmm. and they, uh, they wouldn't like hide stuff and like just uh, say the good things uh, right. just, just so that uh, uh, you feel good. They, they would have those difficult conversations. I think that was really important right. and the other thing I think really worked for me was what my manager did in the beginning was he gave me a list of people to go and talk to in the team. Okay. So gave me like a set of uh, designers that I have to talk to, a set of uh, engineers, a set of um, customer support people. This, this was not for a specific project. This was just mm-hmm. to uh, for me to go introduce myself and talk to mm-hmm. them. And right. see what they think about the product and how I can bring impact without knowing about the project mm-hmm. so I think that was really helpful because when I left there were a lot of people who were like who knew me and like who could vouch for me for like you know for me to come back to full time so I think these these are the things that really work and in the end uh, I did a good job in the internship and my manager said that hey uh, we really love you but we're not sure if we can uh, give you an offer and one rule at least here is if you don't have the offer letter in your hand you never have an offer so that's the rule uh, right. I always follow by so when they said that and I, uh, I uh, came into like came to my last semester into Duke mm-hmm. with the mindset that I don't have a job And Mm -hmm. I think the first day of uh, college my friend and I uh, sat and started applying talking to people Mm -hmm. and we also realized that the framework that we used for internships we need to like trim it down and be more specific Mm -hmm. and uh, we created a list of companies that we want to uh, join network with them find out uh, you know who the hiring managers what are the job openings like and apply so but meanwhile at the same time parallelly I kept in touch with my VP and director Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I uh, had a call with them just to uh, you know uh, get some advice on product management because these are veterans in the product management field so just to get advice and talk about like how their product is going and moving forward with respect to competition Mm -hmm. and what other other competitors are doing to uh, uh, one up. Uh, like 360 Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's how I kept in touch and uh, I also asked them like hey I'm really interested Uh, what are your thoughts they said "Uh, we really like you we want to give you an offer but you're not sure so you know give us some time and we'll get back to you so that conversation was going on but here I was still applying Mm -hmm. Uh, I interviewed with companies like Walmart and mm-hmm. uh, it, it was a tough decision I had to choose between Walmart and Life360 but because the trust and transparency of these uh, leaders I'm like hey I, I want to join Life360 again so yeah that was the story.
0: That, that That's amazing dude uh, and I think like one thing is really important to note here is that when you're like if, if someone is like finished with an internship and even though you're not sure if you have that return offer or not just genuinely being in touch with people and maintaining those relationships is important because as you you know in your stories like the best case scenario is that that can lead to a job offer and you can get that uh, offer that you wanted but the worst case scenario is that you know you still have a a, like a mentor you still have someone to count on rely on later down the road so there's really no downside in like sort of taking an extra effort to maintain those relationships
1: yes yes yep
0: Right. But uh, thank you again, Dikshit, you know, t- for taking out time uh, and sharing your insights. I am sure this would uh, help people. And this is a conversation that if I were trying to, I was trying to break into product management, I would have definitely uh, found helpful. So thanks again for taking out time and, you know, sharing your insights.
1: Definitely, Sharia. you so much for having me here.
0: Yep. And uh, to the listeners, thank you so much again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode.